we'd love to say happy Father's Day to our Heavenly Father first and give him all the honor and all the glory. Glory to your name, Father. And so would you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you. And we say happy Father's Day to you. Thank you for your unconditional love that meets us right where we're at. In every moment, in every situation, there you are. Arms wide open, ready to receive us. No matter, God, what the journey has been like, no matter if we've blown it or what's happened, arms wide open. And so we thank you. And this morning, as we get into your word, we pray you'd bring it alive. This morning, as we celebrate dads, we pray that you would encourage them, inspire them, speak to them, Holy Spirit. And so, Father, we thank you for what you want to do. In the mighty and precious name of Jesus, we all pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. And so, uh, being a dad is a high calling. It's, uh, it's a special gift from heaven. God has given me the opportunity to be a, uh, a dad of three. I have some pictures here that I want to show you here really quick. And so this is uh, my, my firstborn, second, and third, Arabella, Jonah, and Ariella. And um, these are all special moments that I treasure. Sometimes when I'm going back and looking at the pictures, I go back and look to these, to these moments. And there's all the other moments as I grow, but it's, it's these first moments. It's, it's these moments that change the course of my life because when you're a man and you're it's it's really about you and what you're doing and what you're accomplishing but as soon as they're born it's not about you no more all of a sudden you got a mission all of a sudden you got responsibility all of a sudden you got to put up pull up the big boy pants right and, and handle business come on fellas right all of a sudden it's about so much more than you and as we learn and grow in our own Christian walk and our walk with the Lord, we come to understand that we have a heavenly father. Because being a dad, you know what it teaches you? In Christ, in Christ, you know what it teaches you? It teaches you about how much he loves you. And dads, what I need you to take away from today is that he loves you. Regardless of any mistakes you've made, regardless of what's happened in life, what, where you were present and where you were not present, here going forward, I need you to know that he loves you. See, as a parent, moms, dads, as a parent, we do the best for our children. We try to teach them, we try to instruct them, we try to discipline them, we try to, we try to care for them, we try to, we try to do all of these things. It's the call of parenthood. It's the call of parenthood. And he is also our parent. He also knows us. Every head of our head, on our head, he knew us in our mother's womb. He's the one that spoke life. Here we are, giving us an opportunity to find him. But you know one of the things we've been talking about quite a bit is we've been talking about the enemy's plan. We've been talking about how he wants to hurt, how he wants to hinder and, and, it, and as I was preparing this, God led me to put this list together of exactly how the enemy wants to distract God's plan and hurt men, specifically men. Now, everybody, but men. And so I want you to see this list here. The first thing is this here, is Satan's goals for men. The first thing is to weaken men. If he can weaken men in culture and society, and maybe you've seen some of the things on this list. Also belittle and degrade men. Confuse men. 
uh, wants them to be absentee dads and not show up. Fear and anxiety. Spiritually cold men. See, here's the thing. If the enemy can try and ruin God's original creation and creating men, he can hinder the whole family system. He can hinder the whole childhood experience. He can hinder everything that God has intended because of the man the man is off. And so it ruins so many different things. But fellas, brothers, this morning, in the name of Jesus, hear me. Our Heavenly Father loves you. He sees you. He wants to be your strength. He wants to remind you of your identity. Who are you? Who are you, brothers? Who are you, fellas? You are sons of the Most High God, the Almighty God. He is your Heavenly Father. He is your maker. He is your creator. He is your sustainer. Right? He, he is the one where, where the strength is not just your willpower and what you can accomplish, but it's what he can do in and through you because he knows you better than you know yourself. This is who he is. But the enemy, he's got plans. Let me mess up the man. Let me mess, let me mess up the brother. Jesus, in referring to Satan, he calls him a thief. And in John 10.10, this is what he says. Thief, the thief. Someone say the thief. thief. Recognize who the enemy is. That's who he is. Comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came so that they would have life and have it abundantly. This is Jesus speaking. And he recognizes the enemy as a thief. He also recognizes that his plan for his sons is that they would be pillars in his kingdom, that they would love their wives, that they would love their children, that they would be spiritually strong. This was his plan. But the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And I was thinking about a lot of this when it comes to men and, 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 and the enemy's plan because, listen, listen, brothers, if he can steal from you, he will. If he can steal your manhood, if he can steal your confidence, if he can, he, he can steal the way that you see yourself or should see yourself in the mirror, if he can steal from you the way that, the way that you should treat your spouse, the way that you should speak life in you, if he could steal from you, he will. He, he will do all these things. He will steal from you. He will try to kill you in not just the physical sense, but in your identity as a son He'll try to destroy you. And, and again, I understand that this verse is, Jesus is speaking this in a very general sense. But you can see in culture and society today how this is exactly how he wants to disturb the whole family system. By hitting the man. By hitting the brother. And brothers, you got to hear me today. Stay strong in the Lord. Continue to call on his name. Continue to, to lift up his name. Continue to, to, to worship him. God is not done in any of us. Amen. He's not done. And this is the message, brother, that, that, that not only I want you to receive for yourself, but I want you to share this with other men. Families, teens, share this with, other, with, with the men in your life, with, with the dads, with the grandpas, with the, with the uncles. Sh share, this, share this with them. Today we're going to dive into a passage where we see a dad who is willing to do anything for his child. He's a Jewish man, leader of the Jewish church, a synagogue. 
And the religious leaders were clear on their stance of Jesus and how they felt bent, uh, about him and how they were against him. But this man saw something different in Jesus. This man saw hope in Jesus. This man saw trust in Jesus. He saw supernatural power. He saw Jesus as someone to run to versus someone to run away from. And I think that's so important for us today, fellas, in our culture and society. We need to be understand that we got, we got to run to Jesus. Run to him. Run to him, not away from him. Not, not because of what, what's happening or what I'm doing. I don't run to my own willpower. I don't run to some vice. I don't run to some sin. I don't run to some other comfort. I run to Jesus. And this is what we're about to see here in this passage. The gospel writer Mark, he captures this story beautifully as he would have had a front row seat to this moment with Jesus and this dad. We're going to look here in verse 21 of Mark chapter 5. It says this, when Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake. Now, what was Jesus doing? He had been ministering on one side. Now, he gets in a boat and he crosses over to the other side. It says this, a large crowd gathered around him. So here he is getting off the boat and here's this crowd around Jesus. Verse 22. Then one of the synagogue leaders, the brother that I'm talking to you about, named Jairus, came. And when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. This is such a big and significant deal because, brothers, we have to be willing to fall at the feet of Jesus. You know what that means? Lay down some pride. Let it go and fall at the feet of Jesus. You know what it communicates? That you trust him. You know what it communicates? That he is your God, not just your God, but your father. Right? He's your king. You know, we talk a lot about we're the king of, the, of our castle. Absolutely, 100%. Spiritual leader of your home, absolutely. But you got a king. Brothers, you got a king. Amen. And we surrender to his feet. Imagine this guy. He, he made his way and got there through the crowds, and he got to the feet of Jesus, got to the front. What passion. What would he not do for his child? Verse 23, it says this. He pleaded earnestly with him. My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. And then look at verse 24. Can we read it together? Can we read verse 24 together on the count of three? One, two, three. So Jesus went with him. This is significant. Who does Jesus show up for? Who does Jesus respond to? The brother that was willing to lay down his pride and come to the feet of Jesus. This is who G G Jesus responds to that. Could you imagine the millions of requests that Jesus would have had? Who everybody, who does you, the one that laid down his pride, came to the feet, willing to bow down, even though culturally at the time, everyone's like, hey, stay away from Jesus. This is how these religious leaders felt. This man was included in these religious leaders. He says, no, nah, I'm, I'm coming to the feet of Jesus. And he falls down before him. And then it says, so Jesus went with him. You know, previously in our church, we've been talking about sweet aroma and offering God something that God would respond to. God responds to your humility. God responds to you putting him number one. God responds to you putting him above everything else. God responds to you coming before him on your knees. And then we're going to jump to the verse 35. Now, in between 24 and 35, there's a powerful moment because Jesus is on his way to go with this brother and help him with his daughter. And on the way, God does another miracle and another situation there. And it's powerful. Go back and read it and check it out yourself. But here's what happens. This is while Jesus was still speaking, some people came 
from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. And they say, your daughter's dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Verse 36, overhearing what they said, Jesus told them, don't be afraid, just believe. Say it with me. Don't be afraid, just believe. Let me explain a little bit of the context of what had happened here. Jesus was on his way with him. He told him he would go. Then something happens where Jesus does another miracle in a situation. But in the meantime, here comes messengers. And, and, and it's like, well, hey, hey, don't even bother Jesus because your daughter died. And so many times we can feel like, well, hey, I see you're doing miracles over here. What about me? I see you're doing stuff over here. What about me? But don't be afraid. Just believe. God is, his timing is perfect. And if he's got you, then he's got you. So trust him all the way through. Could you imagine this brother wanting to just to kind of just, just to, 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 to give up? Oh, I came to you, Jesus. I fell at your feet and look, look what's happened. And Jesus tells him, don't be afraid, just believe. Don't be afraid, just believe. Don't be afraid, just believe. What we come to learn about godly men is that they will live a lifestyle of fighting on their knees for their families. They're willing to come before the Lord. They will fight on their needs for their families. Man, this is our role. Run to the feet of Jesus. Run there every day. The dad who runs to Jesus is the dad who is blessed. And so listen, dads, we want to talk to you a little bit more about this great calling and the challenges of fatherhood. And just take some time to encourage you. And so with that being said, I'm going to invite Pastor Rodrigo to come up first, then Pastor Justin, and I'll be, I'll be back here in just a moment. Amen. How's everybody this morning? Good? So I'm a father of two. Sometimes it feels like I'm a father of five. I mean, Hannah, and I mean, she's a fireball. She, she just has so much energy, and, and it, it, it's awesome. I mean, it's, it's awesome to, to just know that how much they, they depend from you, how much they love you, and so... And, and I love them, and I love my children. There's Hannah right there. And so, but yeah, fatherhood is challenging. It has so many challenges. And so right now, what the enemy is trying to do is to rob your time. How many busy dads we have this morning? Come on, raise your hand. Yeah, how many busy dads we have this morning? We're all busy. And so if the enemy can get our time, our agendas, our, our calendars, I mean, he's, he's winning. And so this morning, I want to encourage you, take time, intentional time to spend with your children, to mentor them, to teach them, to, to love on them, and to tell them how much you care for them. Because it's tough, tough to, to, to be at that right now. There's so many things pulling you everywhere, and a lot of hurt and damage can be undone by showing them love forgiveness, showing them that you care. And so if you have little kids or if you have older kids, it doesn't matter. Show them that you love them. Show them that you care. Dedicate time to be present in the moment. And hey, if you haven't been doing it too much, start now to do more. Start now to influence them and to, to speak promises into their lives and so many dads struggle in this area, and it's not easy. Maybe we didn't have a good example growing up, but it's, 
a new beginning. Amen. It's a new day. We can start. We can start loving on our children more. We can start spending more time with them. We can start influencing them more. And so a lot of times when I come home, I mean, I just come from a long day of work and I have my stuff. I open the door and then here are my kids. They're like, they want my attention. They want my time. They want me to go and play with them. And a lot of times, I mean, I come hungry, tired, and, and I want to maybe put my feet up on, on the recliner. I mean, that hasn't happened in seven years. <laughs> But, I mean, kids want our time. They want you. They want your, not just your physical presence, but they want your intentional time. And, and so, so let's change our mind. Let's change our mentality that, hey, when we come home, give them that, that time. Maybe a few minutes, but make those few minutes intentional. Not just there with your phone or make them intentional to make an impact in their lives. And, and so the, be the best dad that you can be for your children now. Proverbs 22.6 says, train up a child in the way that he should go. Even when he's old, he will not depart from it. And so everything that you do right now, everything that you invest in your children right now will have an everlasting impact in their lives. And so the person that you're mentoring right now has been given to you by God. Your children have been given to you by God, and he entrusted you with them. So make the best that you can. And so the more that we realize right now what the enemy is doing with their families, with their children, we need to be vigilant. We need, vigilant. We need to be aware of what the enemy is doing in this society. And so right now, he's, if we don't influence our children, the world will. If we don't teach, teach them godly things, the world will teach anti-God things. Amen? If we don't mentor them, love on them, the world will with the wrong twist on truth. And so I love the passage from 1 Peter 5.8. It says, be sober spirit. Be of sober spirit. Be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. So resist him. Firm in your faith. So this passage, I mean, it gives us a lot to think. It's not a passive thing, but it's an active thing. Like Pastor said, we have to seek the Lord on our knees. We have to seek God for wisdom, for knowledge, so we can train up our children. So we need to be vigilant. We need to stay guard. We need to be ready to fight in the spirit for our children. We need to prepare ourselves more in the faith so we can stand firm and to be an example for them. Dad, take your stand. Dad, recognize the agenda of the enemy. Dad, know that your children were given to you by God. And so continue making an effort to spend quality time to influence them, to speak life into them, to encourage them, to pray with them, to play with them, to mentor them, and to empower them. There's just so many things that happen when we do that. And just a few of the benefits, really quick, when we spend time with our children, it improves their mental health. Uh, it can reduce depression, anxiety in them. Being present there with them will impact their mental health. They will perform better in school. 
just the fact that you are uh, there helping them or uh, asking them how their day went will, will, will show them that you care. And so they will want to make an effort to improve. It'll lower their risk of behavioral problems. The more you spend time with them, the more you mentor them, the more you love them, the more they will behave better. It'll boost their self-confidence. It, it also, it'll lengthen their life expectancy. Because, I mean, the more you train them, the more you, you be with them, the more you, you, you tell them about God, the less they'll be involved in other things. And so let's make an effort now to, to make an impact in our children's. Amen? Amen? Pastor Justin with our last point. All right, good morning. I am Pastor Justin. I am the worship pastor here at Mosaic Life Church. Good morning. <laughs> so um, these guys have um, the chance to go first. I, I asked them that we could do that so that you guys could have coffee wake you up already. So your coffee will get you alert by the time I'm ready to go. And <laughs> nah. Anyway, these guys have uh, kids that are visible. Mine is, uh, well, baking. Like fresh cinnamon rolls in the oven. They smell the aroma. I think we have a picture up here, maybe. Let's see. One, two, three, go. There we go. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm here to provide, uh, to encourage fathers to provide children, uh, their children with better experiences and opportunities than they had when they were growing up. Um, as fathers, we have the unique uh, responsibility to shape and mold the lives of our children, by doing so, we can create a lasting legacy that will impact generations to come. I, I know that um, you might say, well, you don't have a kid uh, like physically here yet, but I was a youth pastor to uh, over a thousand kids for um, over 20 years. And some of them call me dad. I, they were at my house every day. They were, I was in the juvenile system with them. I mean, went through it all, and so there are some principles that I picked up that while my kid's not here with me right now, well, I mean, yes, but while my kid is not physically, like, visible, like, out here, um, Kylie Grace, by the way, um, it's a girl, um, while, while my kid is not physically here, there's some things that I've learned along the way that I believe apply. So our foundation for this message applies in uh, Psalm 78.4, which says, we will not hide them from their descendants. We will tell the next generation the, praiseworthy, the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power and the wonders he has done. So we, uh, this, this verse tells us that as fathers, it is our duty to pass down not only the stories of God, but to also pass along the lessons and blessings that we have learned along the way. See, we yes, we get down on our knees. We pray. We ask God for guidance. We, we seek his face. We share those stories that we have about the goodness of God and about his faithfulness for all of our lives, and we share them with the children. But we also learn 
through our own lessons that we've picked up. We also um, have received blessings that we share with them as well, and we encourage them to seek those as well. So the key point of, of this message right here is giving our children more. As spiritual leaders, we fathers can provide our children with more than we have growing up. We fathers can provide our children. Um, we can achieve this by focusing on three essential areas. Everybody say love, love. Guidance, guidance, and support. support. Turn to your neighbor and say, I didn't know I'd be preaching this morning. So we can, we can achieve this by focusing on love, guidance, and support. Love. As fathers, one of the foundational gifts that we can give our children is unconditional love, the love that reflects the father's love when he sent his son on the cross for our sins so that we could be made right. We are to demonstrate unconditional love to our children. It is vital that we demonstrate our love in both words and actions consistently and wholeheartedly. Consistent being a real key word there. By showing our children that we love them unconditionally, regardless of their success, their failures, we can create an environment where they can thrive and develop a sense of self-worth. And right now in this generation, we need children who are godly, who have a sense of self-worth. And then guidance. To give our children more guidance than we had growing up, we must actively engage in their lives and serve as positive role models. This involves spending quality times with them, listening to their thoughts and concerns, providing wide counsel, wise counsel based on our own experiences and biblical foundation. Our guidance should help navigate the challenges and make sound decisions and develop strong morals. And then we also need support. Another crucial aspect and providing our children with more is offering unwavering support, support that never goes away. As fathers, we must be their biggest cheerleaders, so take out those pom-poms and shake them around, right, for your children. Encouraging them to pursue their dreams and passions. We can do this by actively participating uh, in their interests, attending uh, um, their events, offering assistance wherever needed, uh, going to their sports games. You know, whether you like sports or not, I'm not into sports, but hey, if my child's going to be playing sports, I'm going to be there. I'm there at every doctor's appointment right now. Before the baby's even born, I'm going to be there, right? Go take them to concerts. That's going to be my thing, right? Okay. By providing a supportive environment, we empower our children to grow, to learn from their mistakes, and to achieve their full potential. And that's what we want to see our children do, is achieve their full potential. So, at the end of what I have to say today, it can be challenging at times because it's difficult navigating, like, the challenges of life that we go through. But when we maintain our attention... Maintain our attention. Keep our focus on providing those three things, the love, the guidance, and support. We can cultivate an environment where our children will flourish and be equipped to impact the world positively. Remember, the legacy that we leave behind is not measured by material possessions, but by the values and principles we instill in our child's hearts. Let us embrace this responsibility with love, dedication, and reliance on God's guidance. That is where we start, is God's guidance. And with that, I'm going to pass you back over to Pastor Jack.
Fellas, there was a, a lot of words that you heard today. And, and I just, I want to take a moment to, to say this. What you heard today is the opposite of what the enemy wants you to feel about yourself or know about yourself. See, what he wants you to think and to know about yourself is that you're a failure, that you've made mistakes, that you're too far gone, that you've blown it in all of these relationships around you and that you're barely hanging in there. Why hang in there at all? This, this is what he would like you to believe, but the opposite of what God wants you to know about yourself. First, beginning with, he's your father. He will strengthen you for the road ahead. He will speak life into you. He will come alongside you. He'll give you the wisdom. He'll give you the favor. He'll give you the open door. And fellas, you might need to come to a place today where you say, you know what? I recognize who you are. I recognize that I need you in my life. And you might come to a place where you say, God, forgive me. Forgive me. And brothers, I'm telling you, that's beautiful because that is the place where we can begin to fit in where Jairus fits in, this Jewish synagogue leader. Imagine it's completely against everything we know, but you're willing to fall at his feet. When you fall at someone's feet, pride, gone. Who am I? He falls at the feet of Jesus, and that's what we need to be. Absolutely a physical posture, but I'm talking about the posture of your heart. Allow God to forgive you where you've made the mistakes. Allow God to heal where You've been a part of it breaking. Allow God to restore what the enemy has stolen. Allow God to mend and to make new. And families in that same way. All of us together. No matter what the experience has been or the, how the relationships have went or what it was like with your dad. Let's come to a place where we can forgive, where we can allow God to heal, where we can allow God to restore, where we can allow God to make new because he's not done working in any of us. And I tell you, his spirit is here today and he wants to strengthen and he wants to encourage his people. He wants to do some healing in each and every one of us. But dads, I need you to get this. He is your heavenly father. He is your king. Fatherhood is the highest calling a man can receive. To be a part of shaping and preparing the next generation. And life is tough. And that's the truth, right? We talk about it all the time. Like Right there, uppercut. I wasn't expecting hats. But godly men are tougher not because of their will or their passion, but because they rely on Jesus to make it happen. So, fellas, no matter what has happened to every day, every breath you've taken up to this point, let this point go going forward be in, in the presence of God. Be right with God. Be forgiving with the relationships around you. This point forward, be willing to fall at the feet of Jesus. 
be willing to surrender to Jesus. So here's my challenge for you. First of all, men, make a daily practice of falling at the feet of Jesus. You know what that says every day? It says, Jesus, you're one. It says, you're above it all. You're my king, Jesus. You're my king. Oh, Jesus, you know, I, 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 I'll, I'll, you know, I'll see you on Sunday. Is he just your king on Sundays? Let's, let's make it a, a daily practice of falling at the feet of Jesus. And secondly, everyone, make it a point to speak life into dads. The enemy wants to hurt men like you would not believe. And if he can hurt the man, he can hurt the whole family system and structure. So let's turn that around. In the name of Jesus, let's turn that around. And so, your husband is here, your dad is here, your grandfather is here, your uncle is here, your theo, somebody you're going to see afterwards, speak life into a man. Speak life. And uh, we're going to pray this blessing in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask your blessing over your sons. Thank you, Father, for each and every one of them. First, Father, forgive us. Forgive us for our sins, our mistakes. Forgive us, God, for our shortcomings, the words that have come out of our mouth, where we have fallen short. As your sons, we humble ourselves before you in Jesus' name. I pray, Father, your divine blessing over each and every one of your sons. May they have your favor, Lord. May they inside of them have your strength. Give them the mind of Christ. Encourage them. When they're feeling weak, when they're, when they're having a tough time, may they find your favor, Lord. God, would they have your protection everywhere they go. Father, I pray that you would give them your wisdom. Help them to make wise choices. Help them to lead well. Help them, God. May words of life come out of them, Father. May your encouragement and strength be with them. Give them a peace that surpasses all understanding and remind them that they are your sons. Sons of the living God. Sons of the God Almighty. Sons of the one who spoke life into them. The one who knows them better than they know themselves. So I pray, Father, in Jesus' name that you would see each of your sons and encourage them. Strengthen them. Prepare them for the days of head. You know their tomorrow. You're already there. So, Father, be with them. Be with them everywhere they go. And I pray that your mighty hand would be revealed in their life. And as they humble themselves before you, lay down pride, fall at your feet, they would see in themselves your holy presence miracles signs wonders they would see the influence and the power and effect that they can have in their homes in their families in their communities in their church thank you father for these men thank you father for these men right here and i pray god that you would see every heart and if there is something that weighs heavy on their heart i pray god that you would work and do a miracle father bless these men Thank you for these men. May your name be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.